0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What is going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another week and another edition of this Saturday Pack-a-day the Saturday Packer Day Podcast the NFL Draft The NFL Draft, we are now less than two year. weeks away from draft night. Night. Is it has been an absolute storm, I feel like even just this week of just Packers News that came out. We've had some press conference over the last you know week in change, but we started out obviously Eli, myself, and Rob Rieger are fantastic guests. We started out, obviously, gentlemen, with receivers a couple weeks ago. We also got to do the fortunate thing of breaking out offensive linemen. I know Rob was really fascinated of looking at uh, the quick feet of like centers and guards and how they get through gaps and stuff. That was great. We know that the Packers probably need to get a lineman somewhere in the draft. Now we get to a divisive one a little bit. Running backs. What does that look like for the Packers? Many will reflect on A.J. Dillon being selected in the second round. Aaron Jones was brought back, shockingly, for a year again last year. Kylan Hill coming off an of injury, Patrick Taylor. They got some dudes in the backfield, but as we know in the NFL, running backs are super and super important. And to get to all that today, like I said, it'll be Eli Berkovitz and Rob Rieger joining me. Eli, how are things going in married life? And do you think they need, the, the Packers need to get a running back as much as they need to get a receiver?
2: Um, <clears throat> married life is is great. It is everything, everything I hoped for. So that is good. And uh, when it goes to the draft, what I'm hoping for. I am hoping for a running back at some point. I don't know if it's – well, It's definitely I definitely would not say it's a bigger need than receiver at the moment, but I think it is an underrated need for the team, as you kind of said, and I think, you know, the year they drafted A.J. Dillon, no one really saw a running back coming in the second round, but we all knew Jones and Jamal Williams were on contract years, and it made sense. It just – at that moment, it, pretty, it was pretty shocking for sure to myself. I know I was pretty surprised, and now – Looking at the Packers' backfield, like you said, you have Jones and you have Dylan. But we were talking before the show started, uh, me and Rob, as you came in here. But Aaron Jones, he's got a twenty million dollar cap hit next season, and knowing the Packers, it is just just does not seem very likely that they are going to pay up twenty million on the cap for a running back. So <clears throat> I think a running back is a bigger need than people realize, and I think. One can be taken as early as the third, maybe fourth round. I mean, I guess with two second round picks, one of them maybe could end up being a running back. But, uh, yeah, a month ago, I probably would not have thought of as a running back before maybe day three. But looking at Jones's numbers and also looking at this running back class, I see a lot of guys that I think the Packers could end up
1: really liking and going for earlier than people realize. Absolutely. And we were going in the Twitter DMs um, this week and like, Hey, is this a necessity? And you look back and you're exactly what you brought up the $20 million cap it um, without having that cap hit hitting obviously next year, they would probably never be able to bring him back this last year in the 2021 campaign to be able to push that money down as many teams are doing right now. Rob, I go to you here, man. I mean, you obviously have the experience in the NFL drafts uh, over the last, I don't know, 30 plus years and change. Um, slightly disappointing running back class this year, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would say a little bit, but I mean, when you look at the, some of the top guys, there's a lot to get excited about. And kind of going along with what Eli was saying, you know, that cap hit's going to be massive for Aaron Jones. But if also if you look at the Packers' history, they tend to draft guys a year early than based upon, you know, the whole fire alarm thing when they're, you know, running to. But then you know, I honestly believe that we thought that we had a good opportunity to sign Devontae Adams and it kind of came out of, as a little bit of a shock. Um, otherwise we may have addressed it a little bit more in the off season, but um, as far as running backs go uh, looking at the kind of the top guys here, it's not a deep class at all. And it's actually an older class. If you look at some of the ages. So a lot of these guys are, you know, 50 or seniors, they're seniors. So um, Packers typically, stay away from guys 22, 23, 24 years old. And there seems to be a lot of those guys on here, but it's also one of those kind. Of, I mean, you can get playmakers in a lot of different places. And I watched a couple of these guys, Brees Hall being, uh, you know, one of the guys that were in profile in the second, that he's a weapon out of the backfield and he can line up outside. He can catch the ball great. And there's a few of these guys that I feel are very strong that could not only help us in the running game, as a compliment, but can also help us in the passing game as well.
1: 100%. And before we dive in from the kid from uh, Iowa State, Breezo, that you mentioned, I mean, Eddie Lacy, really the only outlier, right? They prioritized him, but realistically, like, he kind of fell to them at 61, um, had super productive years at Alabama, and overall of, you know, many, many decades, the Packers really don't prioritize running back in the first round. Obviously, we can go back and look at the – um, Aaron Jones draft with Devontae Mays and uh, Jamal Williams. Like, they took a, a bunch of horses, put them in the stable, and said, who can who can run? And one dropped out early with Mays. Jamal Williams was a absolute folk hero here, and obviously that you know, was in Detroit, and Aaron Jones is still on the roster, so it worked out for them. But they got to find value, right? And at the end of the day, um, there's going to be value in this draft class because there is just so many running backs, and there's not – there's not that many to get to. We have three that we decided to go on. The top five list was very, very thin. And Rob had the suggestion. Let's bust it down to three. So we're going to start with Brees Hall. Um, Rob, will kick it back to you. That's the guy you mentioned. I I, I kind of lost sight of Brees Hall during the, uh, the season. And then towards the end of the season, um bowl game and whatnot, and actually you know, looking statistically and looking at some draft previews. He he's he's been my clear cut number one for this whole time. Um, there's obviously a conversation we had of a few other guys we'll probably even bring up and maybe dudes later. But um do you feel that Brees Hall is the number one running back? And um, what are your thoughts on the kid from Iowa State? I do, and if you
3: look at his stats and the way that he's um you know, and it's it's kind of surprising to me that he's not being talked about a lot more because Not only is he young for his age, he's not even 21 yet, so the guy can't legally drink, Um, but he's been super productive at Iowa State. I mean, he's back-to-back. He's 1,500 yards, 1,400 yards. He catches the ball out of the backfield. This is the guy that has 56 career touchdowns for Iowa State, and that's great, 56 touchdowns. And he kind of reminds me of a Jonathan Taylor. He's a guy that is a home-run threat but can also get those tough yards. Not all of his touchdowns were long runs. He was getting some tough yardage at the goal line and punching it through. Ran a 4-3, 9-40 at the combine and a 40-inch vertical jump. So you can see that explosives out of him. Uh, he's also great out of the backfield. I mean, he caught 36 balls last year, had three touchdowns. So uh, to me, I'm actually kind of surprised that he's not getting more buzz because he seems to have everything. And it kind of reminds me of when Jonathan Taylor came out. They're talking about a couple of those other backs being, you know, more explosive than him. Um, But he's the one that's really risen to the top of of that of that class. And, you know, obviously the NFL. So um, I'll kick it over to you guys. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan and I've kind of been on this guy for years. Starter as a freshman. And here he is, not even 21 yet. And um, look at those stats are they're unbelievable.
1: Hell yeah. Took over for David Montgomery, obviously a Chicago Bear as a freshman, like you mentioned, um, Rob, which I think is super notable. Played in three seasons uh, and with Rob said, you know, 56 touchdowns and that's in a three year season. I mean, that is absolutely insane and what I like is his versatility. Eli, do you agree with Rob and I that he's the number one pick or do you have your heart set on another uh, a running back?
2: No, I think at running back he, he was the one who definitely jumped off the screen the most to me when watching his film and what I like to do a lot of times is watch film before I look at the stats because I like you know I don't want to maybe let the stats mm. paint the picture before actually seeing the guy play, and I just watched him and without seeing the fifty six touchdowns and the the fifteen hundred yards and the fourteen hundred yards and I was just like, of everyone I've watched over the you know the last couple of weeks that I've been watching, like this guy is definitely to me the number one running back in this draft class. I think you know in terms like you mentioned his speed four three nine forty. Another big uh, thing that jumped out to me was his RAS, 9.96, just about as perfect as you can possibly get. We know the Packers value that. So if he was around with, let's say, one of their second-round picks, he he could be an option for them. Like you mentioned, Rob, he's not only a terrific runner, but he's really good out of the backfield catching the ball. We know the Packers value that. I mean, they brought in A.J. Dillon, who everyone said, oh, you know, I think he had like 21 career receptions in college. He can't catch – We've seen A.J. Dillon, whether he could or couldn't catch coming out of college, they made it that he could. And we know that Hall's coming out with already the ability to do that, and that's going to matter a lot. And something that stuck out to me that was just fascinating is that he actually holds the NCAA record with 24 consecutive games with a rushing touchdown, which is just absurd if you think about for a running back just to consistently find the end zone those are the guys you want. I mean, guys that know how to score, and, and you see he's not necessarily the biggest guy, but he could use both speed and power if you know, his, he'll take on contact and have no problem with it, dragging defenders, but he could also beat them to the edge. So he really, he's not, you know, one of those guys we've seen in years past where it's like he's a for sure first-round pick, but he does have a lot of good things to offer, and I think he would fit very well inside the Packers' offense.
1: What a wild stat! If someone brought that up, like who who holds the record for most consecutive rushing touchdowns? No one would ever guess that. Like that's a super great nugget. Two-time Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year in twenty 2020 twenty and thousand twenty-one. I guess the question we're guys are both coming up with, and it's kind of you know uh, rhetorical, is like why is he being looked over? Is it because of the the overall pedigree of this class? Is it because he went to Iowa State? Is it? I mean, I don't know the reason, but I know whoever is going to draft him probably. I mean, it, it's kind of like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire draft, like you know. Someone need a running back, and it was definitely going to be the Chiefs, it seemed like, and it just trended, trended toward that. And they drafted him, and he hasn't been up to the expectations because maybe they reached a little bit. But ultimately, if you need a guy that's going to tote the rock for you, catch it out of the backfield, can get into the end zone, has that home run ability similar to a Jonathan Taylor that Rob mentioned, I think I, – I truly, truly think Hall would be a great selection for anyone to even add to maybe a backfield um, down the road. Let's jump over to – I would say – I'll say a little bit more polarizing figure that I, in my opinion, um, the Michigan state running back, Kenneth Walker, the third. Now he obviously emerged onto the scene for big 12 or excuse me, big 10 fans. Um, when the, in his big 10 campaign, I think it was the, was it the Iowa or the Ohio state game? I mean, just absolutely insane. Some of the the runs he was running off. Um, not very productive in his first two years at Michigan state, exactly 579 yards both years. Doesn't really catch the ball of the backfield, but this explosiveness of statistics in 2021 definitely catches people's attention. Four three eight forty, uh, you know one tenth, or excuse me, a one hundredth of a second faster than Brees Hall. If you actually care about that at all? The Walter Camp Award winner this year and the Doak Walker Award winner, Eli. We're going to start with you. You are the perfect person to start with. You said statistics. You don't really want to look in that right away. Obviously, if I were going this and looking at statistics right away, I'd say, hey, I'd, I'd have to look at 2019, 2020, and then see that jump from Michigan State's running back um, in Kenneth Walker. But what what stands out with you of Kenneth Walker that um, would make him maybe a first-round, second-round selection?
2: I think the thing for me with Walker that first stuck out was just his vision. Seems like he always found a hole uh, following his blocks and just being – just being kind of a a patient runner. And like you said, he's not going to necessarily catch a ton out of the backfield, but they said the same thing about AJ Dillon, you know, that's something you can teach someone, but he has the ability who, you know, you could hand him the ball and it looks like a play is doomed to be a two yard loss. And next thing you know, it's a six yard gain. Like he just has that fight in him where like, he he just does not go down. Arm tackles are not going to bring him down. And even at his, again, not, not the biggest guy, but fast, powerful, Another great res score at 9.26, so that is very high. We know the Packers value that. And, yeah, I think just his speed alone is very exciting to see. And when I did go back and look at the stats, um, I mean, I think just – so actually, uh, just Matt, his first two years was actually at Wake Forest before getting to Michigan State. But when he transferred his first game with Michigan State, 264 yards and four touchdowns. Like, if you – that coaching staff must have known. Okay, we're getting this guy here. He's transferring top, and we are going to see what he has to offer. And he showed them everything he has. I mean, that's just insane. Two sixty-four and four touchdowns. It looks like he had about seven more one hundred and twenty-plus yard performances. Plenty. He had a five touchdown game with one hundred ninety-seven yards against Michigan. Like he's just a guy with a nose for the end zone and really great speed and yeah, maybe won't be the best receiver out there, but I do think that's something that they could teach him. So I would say he's probably my number two behind Brees Hall right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Super fair, super fair. I mean, the fact that he – I guess my thing is, like, there's oftentimes running backs, especially – I mean, especially in the Big Ten, that just seem to be productive and fizzle out. I just – I feel like there's something different with Kenneth Walker. I really, really do. I I don't know if he's going to be a workhorse. I mean, the fact that he has six receptions, like, in his career is just, like, super concerning to me. Or I mean, uh, not six. He had six in his first two years at Wake Forest. Got in the passing game a little bit more at Michigan State, but like that is something that can be taught, Eli, for sure. And you know, Michigan State probably not the most dynamic throwing team. Actually, I know they're not. Basically, watching them a little bit uh, in contrast to some teams, maybe the SEC, the Pac-12, Big 12, whatever. But you know, ultimately, I think that is something that can be coached, something that can be taught. Rob, any usually you have a guy each each time we've done this, Rob, and this would be the third time that you're super not on brand with um i believe it was trey burks was the one for the receivers i forget the the uh i think it was the kid the the kid from austria whatever the lineman was that i should know his name thank you i won't try to pronounce that again is kenneth walker maybe the one you're going to have reservations on or is it going to be the third gentleman we're going to bring up um, shortly he is
3: not uh, i love his game a lot and and what really stood out to me was the lateral quickness that he was really fast through the hole and he can make those quick cuts and go um, it's something that I saw uh, a couple years back now. Uh, uh, Kareem Hunt was a guy that I compare him to. Is had a guy out of Toledo that could really move laterally, and he could really hit that hole. He could jump cut. He could accelerate. Uh, so those are things that can't be taught, and they don't really show, or they obviously show on, the, on the stat sheet because his stats are great. But um, they're things that you look for. I, I watched him very closely at the combine. I was watching him doing the field drills, and he just seemed like a guy who – knew what he was doing and and he knew what the task was. It wasn't too big for him. He really stepped into that role, that leadership role at Michigan state. And I feel like he was just one of those guys that needed a new start. He needed somebody to really believe in him. And he found that Michigan state. And I think the sky's the limit for him.
1: Fantastic. I mean, Ultimately, I think there is some talent to be crafted there. I think it would be a great complimentary back. Like I said, I don't know if he's going to be a workhorse, but from what I saw at Michigan State and the amount of carries he was getting with them, um, they, they seem to churn out some solid running backs year after year. Um, I think it's just the program that they've built, but ultimately like, I think he's going to be able to compliment in a backfield whatever team he'd be for, he's going to have to learn how to catch. That is 100% an issue with Kenneth Walker's game. And when asked to do that, he better do it because he's going to need to be relied on at this day and age in 2022 with this type of offenses that are being ran. Let's get la- down to the last gentleman here. Um, this one I think has been in contention from some mock drafts that I've seen some rankings of possibly being the number one running back, very versatile, great in run protection, or excuse me, pass protection can run the ball, can kind of be that workhorse. That would be the young man out of Texas AM, Isaiah Spiller. We'll get it out of the way. He is not related to CJ Spiller, which is actually shocking. I thought he would definitely would be. Um, but Rob, what do you see about Isaiah Spiller's game that you really, really like? I personally didn't really even know about this kid until I started diving in more and looking at the stats. I'm like, in the obviously the um the highlights. What do you like about Spiller's game? Well, well, here's the deal. You
3: know, you brought up earlier that there's usually a guy that I don't like so much out of the guys that we profile, and he kind of falls into that category. Okay, um, I think he's a good back. I think he's a solid back, but I don't see him as an every down back. I don't see him as a guy that's going to carry a team on their shoulders. Um, it didn't seem like he got a lot of tough yardage. He was a guy who maybe could get, go through some arm tackles, but I don't know. It, it just it seemed like he wasn't really a bell cow in that offense. Uh, I believe that the most he ever received is about 40% of the of the carries. So, you know, over 50% of the carries out of the backfield weren't him. He um, has a great, you know, he has a really nice yards per carry. I mean, he's a good back, obviously. You're splitting hairs here. But I would say out of these three, I would see him as more of a complimentary back. The 4'6", isn't great as far as a breakaway runner, although on tape, he looks a little faster than that, that, that he, you know, once he did hit his stride, uh, he took the ball to the house, but um, there's a couple things concerning. I mean, the six touchdowns this year was it, it's not spectacular when you compare him up against a guy like Brees Hall, it's, you know, getting 20 plus touchdowns two years in a row. Um, that just tells me that he's good, but he would be more of that complimentary back than the true bell cow back.
1: Totally agree with you. I mean, the the 40 time alone was concerning to me, and then when you mentioned like the you know, the carry split or the target split like that, that also r- brings up a red flag. I, I I guess I don't know why he was getting so much buzz or is getting so much buzz. I, I, I truthfully don't know why Eli, is there anything in Isaiah Spiller's game that you really, really like, or are you kind of in the stance of Rob um, where it's like, yeah, hey, it's it, he could be a complimentary dude, but he's not going to be that workhorse that a team's going to maybe want to select.
2: Um, yeah, there are definitely some things I really like, like, I think he had some really nice, like his cutting ability, like to cut back and do the, one of those quick one cuts and kind of just be gone. Like that was impressive. And it seems like he really has very good vision and patience almost. I mean, when I first watched him, the first guy that jumped into my head was actually Josh Jacobs kind of looks like him when he runs the ball, not the fastest guy on the field. You know, as Rob said, it m- maybe isn't going to be the workhorse and carry a team on the shoulders, but definitely a solid back, which is, I think, something you can say Josh Jacobs is. But I think, like, his patience was, you know, when you're not the fastest guy, you really need to rely on your blocking and follow your blocks, and I think he did that well. So I think there is something to say about knowing your strengths, and that's good. But at the same time, like, I was watching some of the film, and I was like, either uh, – <clears throat> either Texas A&M has, like, one of the best offensive lines ever or they're playing terrible teams because there seem to be some massive holes that you could you could fit a, just a truck right through where it's like, you know, you could have good vision, but at the same time, I might be able to take that ball to the house because there were some huge holes he was running behind. And, again, I mean, he could catch the ball. I wouldn't say it's the strength of his. Definitely probably better receiver than Kenneth Walker. But – uh, something he would probably have to work on a bit more, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a weakness. And then one, you know, other issue, at least if we're talking specifically for the Packers, looking at his RAS score being at a five, six, eight, that's usually not somewhere they where they're gonna want to go. But I don't know, I mean it's strange because I've been seeing reports and, and it could all just be, you know, uh, pre-draft nothing, but you know, that the Packers are quote unquote heavily interested in him and really checking him out. And I've seen that from a couple different sources. So that was interesting to me because of the guys we've spoken of today, I would have him third behind Hall and Walker. Mm-hmm. But I almost see him like, like you were mentioning, complimentary. Like he's almost like a Jamal Williams. Like you know he's probably not going to be your number one, but it's also not like he's going to be bad. Like he come in as that change of pace back and can be more than just an average change of pace back, like an above average change of pace back. But I don't know if he's ever going to be – a, this is my backfield. I'm playing three downs and just taking over. So I like him, but I, I don't like him as much as the other two guys. And in fact, there might be other guys in this class that I, that I might like a bit more than him
1: hundred percent. You bring up the RAS score. It's great. I mean, obviously, you know, in in contrast to receivers, like we always like to bring that up, especially for the Packers or even specifically Brees Hall that you mentioned the nines that 5.68 doesn't really get me salivating by no means. Interesting that the Packers see some value in Spiller and are looking at him um, and more than likely value would come in the middle rounds. And we're going to kind of transition a little bit here, gentlemen, because that's ultimately more than likely, unless we're absolutely pulled Um, the rug underneath our feet that the Packers are going to probably draft a running back in the later rounds, based off of the fact that Aaron Jones cap hit is going to be a lot higher next year. They, they, you know, Kylan Hill is coming off an injury. You don't really know what you have in Patrick Taylor. Obviously, A.J. Dillon's an absolute monster, but just that wear and tear, he's going to wear down a lot more than, you know, someone that doesn't take contact all the time and absorb that contact. And it's always fantastic to have some running backs, especially in training camp, mini camp, rookie camp, and preseason, just to have another body out there to play special teams, see if there's an athletic freak like that that you can maybe bring in. Um, but they're going to probably have to draft one and based off of what we know from the Packers. It seems like they do value that from time to time. And I think it would be in there in a you know a great decision for them to do that, especially getting more of this Matt LaFleur era where the ground and pound is way more important. They're addressing that as a need. They're kind of pivoting from this spread offense that they run in. Many other teams run in this league kind of transitioning back into the, you know, finding middle ground a little bit. Um, and ultimately with Aaron Rodgers getting older in the tooth and them not having many receivers, it would make sense. So let's get into the middle middle rounds, sleepers, um, anything that maybe the Packers could use as a running back. Rob, I'm going to throw it to you first, man. Put right. you on the spot here. There's got to be a guy or two that you like. Go ahead and throw it your first one or two and uh, kind of convince us why you think that that gentleman would fit in the Packers scheme.
3: Look, there's a guy that, that everybody's sleeping on in this draft, and I don't really know why. Uh, yeah, I've been evaluating running backs for a long time and I'm usually right on par with most of, you know, what everybody else is coming up with. But when I took a, take a look at a guy like James cook, Dalvin's brother out of Georgia, I just see a silky smooth athlete. I see a guy who's fast. He has game breaking speed, uh, four, four, two in the 40, a one five four ten yard, which is excellent. Uh, by the way. And I see a guy who might not be the biggest back in the world, But neither was his brother. I I was just watching the the combine performance uh, yesterday and they compared him on paper to his brother and he's about 10 pounds lighter, which you know can obviously you can put on in the NFL, but everything else is very similar as far as their measurables go. And he's also a guy who can uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. He was utilized uh, quite frequently in the passing game with Georgia. And I, I'm just really excited about him as a prospect. If we, if they were sitting there in like round four, and a guy like James Cook is available as a complimentary back. I think that we have to pounce on that. I mean, I didn't see anything in that guy's game that that really was off-putting, you know, other than the fact that he was in a timeshare. But, you know, that stable of running backs at Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 extreme. I mean, Nick Chubb was in a timeshare and he turned out okay. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of the other guys like DeAndre Swift and, you know, all those guys out of Georgia, that, you know, they've been able to turn out some great backs and I don't know why, James Cook is being slept on but when I watch him on tape and I watch him go through drills and I just watch his testing uh, I see a guy that could potentially be you know a, a you know a 12 to 15 carry a game runner that could also uh, even play a slot receiver or he could catch balls out of the backfield
1: no, I love that. I mean, James Cook is a guy that I was kind of fighting a little bit. I mean, I didn't fight very hard with, with you guys, to be honest, but I thought someone that could, we could have considered in the top five. Um, and, and it's not as a consensus as these top three. But truthfully, when I saw Georgia games this year, which are obviously probably more than Texas a and games or Iowa State games, James Cook would you know fly off the screen to me and I it is kind of strange again similar to Brees Hall like why is James Cook not being talked about as much it seems like all the time we'd like to select anyone that has some pedigree like within their within their their lineage right like oh this guy's dad played safety he's got to be good or this guy's brother played running back who's also a a freaking stud he should be good and it's just like it doesn't seem like it's getting that enough interest I don't know why that is but I think absolutely James Cook is a a a tremendous running back that any team would want to have as potentially groom him into their bell cow or have him as that complimentary back, similar to Isaiah Spiller, but maybe more explosive. Maybe he can catch the ball a little bit more. And I, I truthfully, I think James Cook would be an absolute smash at the middle round three, four, five. Like that would be fantastic for the Packers to get him in their offense. Eli, are you as ecstatic on James Cook as, Rob and I, or do you see something in his game that you're not necessarily overly uh, thrilled about?
2: Uh, no, I'm actually a huge fan of James Cook. And like both of you, I'm not really sure why he's not being talked about more. Uh, I think the first thing Rob said was about just him being a really smooth runner. And that's kind of the first, that's literally the first thing I wrote down in my notes was like the second the ball's in his hands, it's just like, he's just carving through defenses just really smoothly and He runs some great routes is very clearly a a very good receiver out of the backfield, which we know the Packers value. And I just think, like you said, I mean, I know it doesn't always work out that way, but I think there is something to the fact that he's Dalvin Cook's brother. And, and he almost kind of plays in a way like, like him. And he, he has really good acceleration and I've seen a lot of plays where he does these stop starts, you know, he makes a cut and then he could get that acceleration back really quickly which is impressive and not so easy to do. So I'm a big fan of his. I also think his RAS score being 877, obviously the Packers are going to take notice of that. But another guy, uh, his counterpart there in Georgia, Zamir White, who I think is going to go a little bit later than him, is another guy I think that's very interesting. Um, He's almost like – I feel like Cook and White were like the Jones and Dylan, where Cook was the Jones, White was the Dylan. Uh, Samir white big guy. He, I mean, he almost like, he looks like he's going out of his way to take on contact and he would just run through guys like a truck. And it was really impressive. And he still ran a 440, which is great. Um, some good speed there. The only thing that concerns me about him is the fact that he tore both of his ACLs. He tore his left and 17 his right. And 18. I know it's a bit more common. Now guys come back and they deal with it, but it is a bit risky to take a guy, in the draft who's already torn both of his, uh, both of his ACLs, but he, he is definitely someone who for sure is a great runner. The only thing that would concern me about him, or at least why I think the Packers, he wouldn't jump off for the Packers is just, I think he might almost be too similar to AJ Dillon, where if they're drafting to think for the future, where there's going to be Dillon as the one and Aaron Jones, maybe won't be there. He only has 17 career receptions at Georgia. So I think, James Cook would be someone to look at before Zamir White, but I do think Zamir White has a lot of good things in his game. So he's another guy I liked and then um, kind of I don't know if he's a sleeper but maybe just from a smaller school but Rashad White from Arizona State. he was someone that I thought looked pretty interesting on tape. Uh, seems to just have a lot of good speed. Uh, you know, then going and looking back at the stat, I mean a, a thousand yards on the dot last year, 15 touchdowns. And the big thing for me was his receiving 43 receptions, 456 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, he's versatile and he can be had, you know, probably on day three in the fourth or fifth round. So I think someone like him could be a good complement to A.J. Dillon, let's say in 2023, 2024, as you look down the line.
1: Rob, your thoughts on Rashad White. He was a guy that kind of came up uh, recently for me, but diving in, it seems like there was even some interest between the Packers, actually, I think I saw on Twitter earlier this week. Um, your thoughts on the kid at uh, Arizona State?
3: Yeah, for me, he'd probably have to be a later-round draft pick. I mean, kind he sure. is kind of old uh, for running back and doesn't have a, you know, a large complement of production. Um, catching the ball of the backfield is a huge plus, and that would be where he would stand out to us. But, I mean, he's... 23 is going to be 24 uh, during the playoffs uh, next year already. So he's you know a couple of years older I think than even AJ Dillon is, and uh, you know even right now. So um, I like him as a player. I thought he looked great. Um, the couple red flags for him is obviously the age, also just one one true year of productivity at Arizona State, and a lot of times in that conference the defenses aren't great. Uh, on film, he does look good, though. He does. He's a he's a good player, and I, and I like him. Um, I wanted to throw out a couple more players. A, okay. a really small school guy, uh, Pierre Strong, is a guy out of South Dakota State. Also a little bit older of a prospect, but this guy lit up the combine and really impressed everybody there. And he has three thousand yard seasons. I mean, granted, it was with South Dakota State, so it wasn't the top level of competition. But this is a four-year starter for South Dakota State, and he was well on his way to to having four 1,000-yard seasons, except for COVID cut their season short in 2020. Otherwise, he would have had he had 707 yards in nine games, so he easily would have hit that mark. And he's also a a decent receiver out of the backfield. So um, he's a guy, and also uh, the other guy that I had written down was uh, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, who was. He was at Alabama and actually started for Alabama for a brief time period and then actually found his footing at Cincinnati. He's another guy, a 446 guy. Um, You know, just one true year of productivity there, but. In that one year he certainly excelled. He had thirteen hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns. He caught twenty one balls out of the backfield, had another touchdown. So um, you know, he's a guy that was a key contributor to that team that made the playoffs last year. So that could be those could be a couple guys maybe like in the fifth, sixth round that we could maybe bring in and start to develop.
1: I mean, we have mentioned many, many running backs. The last one I'll throw out here, I, I like all the ones you guys have thrown out with Kyrene Williams from Notre Dame. He was a guy that kind of came up with my radar. Um, shorter back, 5'9", 194, but extremely, extremely good in pass protection. I think I said that about someone else earlier, but he really, really stands out in pass protection, um, the sophomore Notre Dame. Truthfully, after that, guys, after everyone we've mentioned, I mean, there's a few flyers here here and there. I kind of have a sweet spot in my heart for Tyler Goodson, the running back out of Iowa. Yeah. Why, I really don't know. It must have been some of those early, like, 10.30 a.m. Saturday games I'd watch them and just some slobber knocker with Indiana. and, and like, that's, that's a running yeah, back that's yeah. going to be damn good in the league. Who knows if that's the case? Um, but I'm going to have the final question for you, gentlemen, and I'll start with Eli. Eli, any one of these – 10, 11 guys that we've mentioned that you would particularly like for the green Bay Packers to have. And not based off of value or, you know, whatever the case may be for the draft, but ultimately if they were to get him, you'd be super, super
0: pumped. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: I think I'd be super pumped to see James Cook. Honestly, I think I know you didn't say value, but <clears throat> I do think there are some bigger needs at running back, and running backs can be found in the mid rounds that end up having good careers. And I think he's not going to cost too much, and he can still give you the upside that I think some of the guys that are going to go in the second round that he could end up bringing those things. And just seeing the way that he runs with the football in his hands and the way he catches the ball. Just really excites me. So, if I saw him as like a fourth round pick, honestly, even as a third round pick, I think that would really excite me, probably even more than some of the guys that we may look at right now as better. But as a second round pick,
1: one hundred percent. James Cook, a guy that would get me yeah. super, super pumped, no, no matter what day. Rob, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd I say. Love.
3: Yeah, I would. I would say that because running backs have been devalued so much, I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Hall or a guy like Walker makes it to 53 mm-hmm. into that mid-second round uh, to, to a little bit later in the second round, um, I don't think that they will be, but, you know, you know, stranger things have happened. Certainly guys have dropped to that, to that. So if one of those two guys were to drop to 53, I would bounce all over that. Cause I think those guys are legit number one backs that could, you know, in this case be a great complimentary back to AJ Dillon, maybe learn for a year, then step into that role. And then we wouldn't have to play, cap games to keep aaron jones as much as i love aaron jones and i do love him you know you know sometimes you know there's an expiration date especially on running backs and you know with a 20 million dollar cap hit you know even if they have to spread it out eventually you're going to have to pay that so um he may be the guy the odd man out and as far as james cook i agree 100 percent. if we can grab him i think he'd fit in perfectly with our offense
1: Hell yeah. I mean, I I think it's going to have to be a selection at some point. I love the idea of it possibly dropping a 53 and pulling like an Eddie Lacey like they did um, with a hell of a talent possibly to add to that running back room. Uh, Tomorrow, gentlemen, and everyone listening who somehow took their Saturday morning to listen to us talk about running backs in this NFL draft class. We truly, truly appreciate it. But tomorrow you got Nick, Mike, and Gage breaking on the cornerbacks. Obviously, always of interest in this new age uh, defense they're trying to run in the conversation being had right now, just in that secondary in general. But um, Eli, where can everyone get in contact with you right now? Everything you're putting out and you know, it's two weeks left of draft time. I'm sure you got a lot of tape. You're still crunching, but where can everyone get in contact with all your content?
2: Yeah, uh, I would say the best place to find all my stuff would be on Twitter at book of Eli underscore NFL. Um, I'm dropping. Uh, yeah. Just a lot of film on players. I'm watching. I've, Kind of falling behind the last few days, but I'm hoping over the next uh you know, the final push before the draft, I'm gonna get out as much as I can and any of my writing over at packreport.com where I'm also breaking down some guys I think the Packers will have interest in in this draft. And if you're looking for general Packers content and some more draft film, you could check out my YouTube page at Eli Berkowitz.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Always check that out. Uh, Rob, same question you, man. I know you're doing some radio hits recently and just crushed your one yesterday with the boys. Yep. So where can everyone listen to those, find all your content, and check you out on Twitter? Yep. So so yesterday
3: I did my first uh, radio spot on 97.3 The Game FM, the Drew and KB show in the afternoons. Check them out. I'll be their, I guess, resident uh, draft analyst now for the sixth year in a row. And uh, I'll be on all next week as well with them and also write for the chiefs at TV draft guide. If you haven't picked it up yet, if you're a Packer fan, do it, do it right now. Uh, It's definitely worth the money. It has feature articles. It has ratings. It's not only for Packer fans, but it's definitely geared that way. So, uh, you know, I've just, I'm an odd with the writing on there. And, you know, I just feel so grateful to do that as well as doing the stuff with you guys, because you guys are so knowledgeable and you guys have everything together. And Andy put together such an Mm all-star team. Uh, This is my second year with Eli. And, uh You know, it's just been spectacular, just the the knowledge. And Matt, you know, you're fantastic as well. So uh, thanks, guys, uh, for all the plugs and all that stuff. So I definitely appreciate it. But um, two weeks, uh, less than two weeks until draft night. So uh, I'm getting excited. And, uh, yeah, that's it from my end.
1: It's getting there. It's getting there, man. And like, like you said too, the collab that we get during draft season with uh, the Packaday Podcast, people coming in uh, like yourself and etc. You kind of get that same with the Cheesehead TV, right? I feel like maybe a quarter or a third of the people that are on Packaday write for the cheesy Cheesehead TV right. draft guide, and you get people from all over, right? Just kind of putting in their contributions. You get that that different perspective than you normally would on Packaday Podcast or even during draft season. Um, obviously you can f- still follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. It's at M a T T underscore F R a underscore. Please tweet at any of us, um, this weekend when you're listening to this episode and tell us if there's a running back that we mentioned that you completely disagree with that you love. If there's someone out of those dozen that we didn't mention, let us know. We would love to know that, um, obviously at Packaday podcast on Twitter as well. And if you listen to this podcast today and you have yet to subscribe, please do so. Great review, let us know if there's any feedback you'd like to give us. We're always, always looking for improving this podcast as we climb towards 1,400, 1,500 episodes. I don't even know what it is at this point. All I know is one day when we pass Joe Rogan, um, that's going to be absolutely hilarious, and that's in the foreseeable you know, 18 months. Um, but once again, thanks to everyone for listening. Obviously, listen to tomorrow's episode on the Cornerbacks for Sunday's episode, but for Eli Berkovitz, Rob Rieger, I am Matt Fralick. You guys take care. Have a great weekend, and as always... Go pack up.